makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down, the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, and on this episode, we're very proud to yet again feature Rashad Tabakawala. If you remember from last week's episode, Rashad is an author, speaker, and advisor with over 40 years of experience specializing in helping people, organizations, and teams reinvent themselves to remain relevant. Seven years at the Global Agency Publicist Group as the Chief Growth Officer, an 80,000-employee firm comprising of companies like Epsilon, Sapient, Digitas, Leo Burnett, and the famous Saatchi and Saatchi. January 2020, Rashad wrote his book, Restoring the Soul of Business. It focuses on helping people think, feel, and see differently about how to grow their companies, their teams, and themselves in transformative times. Also in 2020, Rashad started his own consulting agency, and he's hosting his own podcast called What's Next. He was named by Business Week as one of the top business leaders for his pioneering innovation, and Time Magazine dubbed him as one of five marketing innovators on the planet. Get ready, conquerors. One of my favorite speakers and thought leaders back again this week on the Conquer Local podcast. It's Rashad Tabakawala coming up next. I wanted to, I was super excited because I was hoping to get some of your learnings around the re, what you're calling the reinvention of marketing. And I just want to remind the audience, we have one of the top business leaders for pioneering innovation, according to Business Week, one of the top five marketing in, uh, folks, innovators, according to Time Magazine, and an Ad Age Interactive Hall of Fame member. So not just the fact that you know a little bit about math, as you covered off earlier, but we're going we're gonna to learn about marketing. And the A, B, C, D, E of marketing reinvented from yes. Rashad Tabakawala. Yes. So I wrote a piece um, which is available in, in, if you add those in your show notes, it's, it's on my free thought letter at rashad.substack.com. And it's called The Dawn of a New Era Reinvented Marketing. And what I did was I put down in one chart and 1,500 words, how marketing is changing. And it has been one of the more popular things I've done, so here's how it works. I took the five key components of what marketing are, and A is for audience, B is for brand, C is for content, D is for data, and E is for enterprise. And in each of those five, I talk about three shifts that have occurred. So in the case of audience, I basically, one of the three things I propose is Businesses should stop focusing on consumers. They should focus on people. 
Because if you focus on consumers, you look at that person through the lens of your service, your brand, your business, but they don't define themselves through the lens of your business. I remind people that P&G, which is an amazing company, all their products do one thing, most of them. They remove dirt. They remove dirt from your butt, from your clothes, from your teeth. So they're a dirt removal company. If they looked at me only through dirt removal, they wouldn't be one of the world's greatest marketing companies. They look at me as a person. They don't look at me as a dirt removal expert. Or like, how you know, I don't live my life thinking about dirt removal, uh, uh, right? So that so that's one example where I say let's focus on people, not consumers. Uh, the other reason I say focus on people, not consumers, is when you focus on consumers, you start to begin to believe your category is the category you're in. I remind people that almost every competitor that you're likely to have and every big new opportunity you're likely to have is going to come from outside your category. So General Motors and Ford did not see Uber and Tesla. They came from outside the category, right? The big company like P&G Gillette did not see Dollar Shave Club mm -hmm. that came from outside the category. And so what happens is if you focus on people, you won't define your ca category narrowly because you'll follow people's behaviors and needs. And as importantly, you won't think about everything just through the lens of your company, your service, or your brand. And that was like one change. And then in the case of brands, this is a very big thing I mentioned, that you cannot have a successful brand unless you have joyous employees. That unless your employees feel good, your brand will not succeed because it's your employees who obviously answer the phones, come up with the ideas, service the products, et cetera. So that way, I, and then for content, so in each one I have three different things, but the content one reminds people that today, the content creators can come from anywhere. In the US, if you look at the total viewership of the Super Bowl, the uh, Oscars, the Emmys, they're less than the daily interaction of Kylie Jenner on Instagram. Okay. And interestingly, one or two of the leading publications in advertising in the United States in print has been around for a long time. And obviously they publish every week. But their total readership is less than my substack on a good day. If I have a good article, I end up being read 100,000 times, which is greater than their circulation. And so my stuff is, who's a media company? Are they a media company or am I a media company? Uh, and so that's the way the future of content. So what is content? Who are the new content creators? Who are the new content companies? So I basically go through that A, B, C, D, E and explain how it'll impact the future of marketing. And because I do it with all English um, and I do it regardless of the size of the industry, it's become very popular with people. And I'm not saying it's the be all and end all, but it it's a fast way of getting things. You know, I, I everything I write, including my Substack and my book where you can read any chapter in any order, my whole stuff is let me do the work as I think it was Hemingway who said, if I had more time, I would write a shorter letter, right? I said, let me spend hours figuring out how to distill things down into six-minute reads instead of me making you have to read hours and hours of stuff to find six minutes of worthwhile stuff. And that, again, is a very different approach to where the future is. And a lot of it is why I'm very excited about you know, both software, technology, and small and medium businesses. And therefore, maybe in the future, when I have no job, you can give me one. <laughs> well, that uh, that's not even a question. That's happening. Right. Um, 
I, I love that. And, you know, I've, I've heard a number of other thought leaders saying the same thing. Gary Vaynerchuk uh, a couple of weeks yeah. ago was talking about you, you are the platform. If you yes. are a content creator, it's not like I'm going to go out yeah. here and get out. No, you're, you are the platform um, yeah. and enterprise. So we got A, B, C, D, E. e. Yeah. So and D is for enterprise. data, which we've talked about. It e is enterprise. And so one of the things in enterprise is increasingly in companies, you know, where people are looking for is one of the things companies obviously do is regardless of your size, you need to attract and retain talent. And I've written a lot about that. There are three reasons. There's a set of reasons that talent comes and works for you. And they have to do with money, fame, and power, right? You pay them. They like, the, you know, they like being associated with the company. They get either power might be autonomy, you know, fame might be recognition. They stay in the company because of purpose, values, and connections. They believe in the values of the company. They believe in the purpose. They believe in the connections. But the reason they thrive in the company is because of growth story and um, what I would basically call is, so they stay because of story, because freedom and growth, those are the three things. So are they free to express themselves and be themselves? How does their company and what they do fit in the story of their lives and can they grow themselves? And so part of what I emphasize on enterprise is build a company that allows people a certain amount of freedom, personal and as well as business growth, and allow and recognize that your company fits into the story of their lives and their lives don't fit into the story of your company. I, I really wanted to dig into that because, you know, the, the other thing that you talk about there is if you have trust inside your organization, you can get the speed of market. And, yes. and I find that companies that are succeeding today, they are, you know, petrified of being irrelevant. That's me every yes. morning, wake up. I'm absolutely petrified of that. Um, so we're open to change and we're open to new ideas, but we need to have that level of trust to be able to get there quickly rather yes. than say, God, I wish I would have got there two years ago. Like that's just not going to work out. Then the other thing we've got is acquiring talent. That yes. is going to be the big challenge we're having moving forward. It is. So there are two parts of it. One is quickly on the trust. You know, the, the line I basically have is trust is speed as part of an enterprise. Because if you have an enterprise where people trust each other, they can move really fast. They don't have to write a whole bunch of decks to convince anybody to go to the bathroom, right? So, so the whole idea is you need to go to the bathroom and the bathroom is there. Versus, will you please write a deck to tell me I, that's where the bathroom is? Okay. Um, which is, why are you writing decks and presentations and uh, works? Uh, come on, people. Like, you know what needs to get done. Uh, let's just make it happen. So that's where trust is speed. But to me, eventually, whether you're a two-person, 10-person, or 10,000-person company, I believe that successful companies do two things. They have a disproportionate share of talent relative to their competitors who are passionately aligned against a common outcome. So you have great talent and you get them to work together in teams against a common goal. And that's very true even in sports teams. It's very unlikely that a sports team wins without some form of talent, but it's not necessarily the team with the best talent that wins. It's the team that is working together against a common outcome that tends to win. And obviously with a bit of luck, but you know, that's what tends to happen. And, and, and so my basic belief is if you are a leader of a company, create an environment where people can grow, they can trust, create an environment where you can attract and retain talent and passionately align them. 
and create an environment where you yourself as a leader can continue to upgrade your mental and emotional operating system so that you can grow. And that is a key thing that I'm finding as I go all over the world. And you know, I work now with all sizes of companies and almost everybody, whether it's the CEO, the proprietor will say, the thing that I'm struggling most with is how do I continue to remain relevant and build new skill sets, right? I know I have to change. How do I continue to learn and how do I continue to build my skill set so I can remain relevant? Well, it's almost like you're, you're reading my mind, which that's scary for you. Um, I wanted to ask that question. And so I just want to unpack that again, because you, you talk to a lot of CEOs. You yes. talk to a lot of senior leadership groups that are, you know, adapting to this new normal. We covered that off in the beginning. Yep. COVID's changed everything. Um, you're reinventing marketing. We're talking about data could tell any story yep. you want. The, the CEOs are really focused on this talent and, and the environment for talent to flourish? Is that what you're seeing as the common theme? There are two parts of it. CEOs are looking at their biggest problem today, the three problems they have. Problem number one is what business am I in? Because the competitive set keeps changing. And so they said, like, what is my business? Number one. Number two, how can I attract and retain the best talent to do what I need to do? And number three is how do I grow myself? How do I remain relevant, right? So what I've basically done is I've said, it's the four questions. So I actually wrote the four things I've written at the end of, uh, uh, you know, it was edition 49, 50, 51, 52 of my thought letter, which is people are asking me, number one, what does the future look like, right? Which is what business should we be in? Number two is, how do you manage change so it sucks less? Number three is how do I lead, which is how do I attract and retain talent? And question number four is how do I grow myself? And if you think about it, those are four human questions, regardless of industry or size or country, right? What does the future look like? How do I manage change so it sucks less? How do I become a better leader of talent? How do I grow myself? You know, uh, at the end of the day, I've learned over these uh, too many years I've been around that the best ideas are the simplest ones. And when you unpack those four things, they're quite simple at the end of the they're day. Simple. They're very simple. And a big part of it is why I always explain to people, you know, I, I use something that was very simple. I said, okay, here's how you can solve problems. And I use photography as a metaphor for solving problems. And so I said, in photography, you really do two, three things. You, fo you focus, you expose, and you edit, Right. And one of the key things in focus is making sure you're focusing on the right problem or the right question. And so many of our folks spend so much time answering the wrong question. No, I completely agree with that. Now you got me thinking about all the times I was trying to answer the wrong question. The Economist magazine calls the book Restoring the Soul of Business, the best recent book on stakeholder capitalism. And you've been hearing from the author, Rashad Tabakawala, joining us today. And Rashad, thanks for joining us from your uh, home there in Chicago. And uh, you're telling me before we came on the show that your travel um, is, is amped up. They, people want to see you live. <laughs> they they want to see us live. There's always this human thing. And I remind people, people want human interaction. They want connections because that's the way we all are as human beings. But it just might be that they don't necessarily need that all the time in an office. It could be at a bar, a restaurant, an event, etc. No, I've been uh, I've been selling on the road for a long time, and I I agree with you. It's great to have the human interaction, but um, I'm definitely on board with that. If I were to have uh, 
have uh, dreamt who my dream guest would be to have on the show this year, it would have been you, Rashad, because I was, I'm always impressed with your content and it was great seeing you uh, speak live, uh, live in New York a number of years back. So thanks for making the time and, and uh, bring us those learnings um, from well, your well, book. Thank, and you, thank you for inviting me. And I, I, I hope that I don't end up being a nightmare for your guests. No, not at all. And if people want to subscribe to your podcast, where can they find it? And what's the name? So, so, so it's a free thought letter. It's at rashad.substack.com. That's R-I-S-H-A. It comes out every Sunday. You can look at all the archives. It's completely free. And it will talk about topics like we have talked about, as well as how to get back to the office and why it's called the jigsaw of return. Uh, and all the way down to something that is very popular, which is why you shouldn't be writing presentations. And if you need to write a presentation, it should be less than nine slides. And I show what those nine slides should be. Amen. I'm loving it. Rashad, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Well, that wraps two amazing episodes from Rashad Tabakawala. And uh, we really appreciate him sharing his learnings. And it's not often, but the odd time producer Colleen and Brett say, nope, we got to make that into two. So let's go through our team's top three takeaways from this episode with Rashad. The A, B, C, D, E of marketing reinvented. Wanted to highlight this. Content, think poetry and not just the plumbing. Data, data is not information, knowledge, or wisdom, and we need to humanize the data and create a story surrounding it. That's what makes it informative. And then enterprise. In an organization where leaders are accountable, you will minimize the amount of cover-your-butt meetings and meetings to prepare for meetings. And that's what he was referring to when it comes to enterprise and having that organization that can move quickly. If you found value in this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This feedback will help us grow and better adapt to what you want to hear in the coming episodes. Be sure to subscribe to the award-winning Conquer Local podcast as we continue to welcome extraordinary sales leaders, marketers, and entrepreneurs. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery by Jacob Soley. Marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon. Produced by Brett Clarenbach. Executive producers Brendan King, George Leith, and Colleen McGrath. Recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.